Welcome to another episode of Just Elite. And with me today is Jason Smith, the, the crown child of South African CrossFit. Uh, Jason, welcome and thanks. Tell us firstly, how is your prep going for the games? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, games prep at the moment um, is going all right. I'm still trying to get over a little bit of injuries and stuff at the moment. So hoping to have that sorted in the, in the next week so I can actually pump up the, the training for games. But at the moment, just pretty much working on fitness, not so much strength stuff. Um, as I said, trying to heal up a little bit before starting to hit some more weights and stuff. These injuries that you're talking about, anything serious? Did you? Is this something that came from FICT or were you managing this before Fitness in Cape Town? So this, it was actually from, well, since December last year, I uh, injured my back quite badly. And since then, it just hasn't come right, hasn't gotten right. Um, in all honesty, I wasn't even going to compete at, uh, at FICT. I got through the Open and obviously got through quarterfinals managing with my back. Um, but yeah, you know, with FICT coming up, I actually didn't train that whole week leading up to Fittis in Cape Town. I tried to rest the back as much as possible and wasn't even sure if I was going to make it past day one with the snatch event on the Friday night. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of been hindering my, my training and not maybe so much my performance because I actually did pretty well in Cape Town considering my back injury. Um, but I think going now into the games, I kind of need to be a little bit more prepared and a little bit closer to 100% because it's, uh, you know, you're going on the world stage against the best in the world. So mm. I'm hoping to be kind of fixed by then. Mm. I mean, it, it's it's been six months already since you've, you've gotten this injury. It's, it's quite a while. And a back is a funny thing. You think it's okay. And then just like that, something happens. Is this something that happened in training where you outside out of the gym what happened yeah so in training and i've got a i've got a herniated disc um between my l4 and l5 so it's something it mainly happens with squats so if i go heavy and squats it uh just kind of pops and then puts me out of training for like a week or two it does recover fairly quickly and then i'm able to ca uh, carry on with the training but every now and then it just you know it just jolts and then just puts my training back a little bit but yeah, it's kind of always there. So I'm trying to nurse it properly, do the right rehab, um, stretching, the correct warm-ups and stuff. Maybe my age is, you know, playing its role at the moment. I mean, honestly, <laughs> so, just, yeah. you, you're not old. <laughs> People keep on saying, <laughs> no, I'm 37, I'm, I'm old. You're not old. <laughs> no, I'm not. But um, I don't know. Maybe just the body is taking its toll. So I'm having to, I think, look after a little bit more than what I used to in the past. I mean, for an athlete like yourself that's been doing this for so many years, an injury is, is just, it's heartbreaking. It's devastating. We've seen it with so many athletes in this season, big names that, um, that's not competing or didn't compete in the, even in the Open. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sarah Sidney's yeah. daughter is the, is the biggest name that comes to mind that the week prior to the yeah. Open. So when this happens yeah. and with the amount of time that, that you put into the gym, when do you draw the line? Because you said you weren't even sure if you're going to be able to compete in the Open, you did obviously really, really well. Um, didn't win your age division this year, but came fairly close. Um, yeah. how, how, how do you make that decision, whether you're going to skip the season and recover or just push through and see how it goes? 
Yeah, I think yeah, it's a tough one because as athletes, we training day in, day out. You're trying to be your best all year round, build up your strength for certain competitions or try and get stronger off-season. And then, you know, injuries kind of hold you back and it's, it's tough to deal with. But you try for myself, I, I think for myself, I try and push through as much as possible. Um, you know, try and avoid those situations where you're having to go for operations to try and sort yourself out. Um, and like I say, just trying to maintain the body as best as possible to avoid those big injuries or bad injuries. Um, that's kind of what I've been focusing on. But just with the back, it's it's something that it's always there because, you know, with the weightlifting and the strength that we do, everything is on, you're kind of loading the back all the time. Um, so it's hard to stay away from it. Um especially when you're trying to train all the time and try and stay fit. And it's, it's, it's a little bit of a difficult one, but we kind of, I think we kind of getting there with my biokinetic system, my Cairo, we're kind of getting there. So it's not, not too serious, but it's something just to look out for. Look, with, with an average uh, CrossFitter like myself that, that doesn't necessarily compete as much or even an, on, on an elite level, when you get an injury, they say, take a few weeks off, I mean, rest and then come back. With an elite athlete, tell us about that. If you take a week, two weeks, three weeks off, we think, man, but w- what difference is it actually going to make? But for somebody like yourself that is going to the games for, for, you know, for the third time, having competed on, on that level, does it really make that big of a difference if you just take that time? I'm not talking about this close to the games, obviously. I'm talking mid-season. Yeah, yeah I don't your off season, I think if you take in a week or two off here and there, it's not it's not too bad. But leading up to competition, you especially from myself, I kind of feel like I need to put in as much training as possible. Um, and any day outside of the gym or any time outside of the gym, as like you're recovering or resting, seems like you're not getting any work done, especially when you're looking at all the other athletes and what they're doing, which is difficult not to or you want to try and steer clear of that. But you, know, you, you kind of feel that you slack in a little bit. You've got to also realize and trust your training that you've done in the years and leading up to this point, you've got to have a little bit of faith in what you've done. You will be strong enough to push through. And that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. So I'm just having a little bit, of, a little bit more confidence going into the games with my preparation, with healing a little bit better. You know, hopefully I can be top form by the time the games come. You're talking yeah. about, about your training, your programming. I know you, you have your own pro, pro, programming that you have other athletes that you, yeah. that you train, but your programming, yeah. your coaching, do you, do you do your own programming or how does that work? Yeah, I do all my own programming. Um, I, I have done from day one. Um, obviously, I've seen different programs, take a little bit of uh, pieces from here and there but generally it's it's kind of how I feel is how I train and over the last couple of years it's, it's definitely worked for me so more listening to my body and my training um, that's kind of how I program for the weeks and the days and you say you, you can't really help but but you know you have a wandering eye looking at the men you know especially internationally that's your biggest competition what they are doing what do you experience when when you have a look at at, at the bigger names and what they're doing they're also very strategic of what they place on social media but um, yes, you know, does that does that influence what you then do in your training so 
as an as an experienced athlete and also competing against the guys, um, and what I could say to the other guys is don't always believe what you see on social media, um, because people always post the best on social media, and that's not kind of how you will see them at competition. It's always very different live um, at a live event. When guys are at their own gyms, they're always their best because they're in their comfort zones. Mm. But at a live event, it's uh, very different and very tricky. And if you haven't been there before, then it's um, yeah, it's something you got to look out for. But as an experienced athlete, I kind of know and trust my own training. So when I do get to the competition, I kind of know what to expect. Mm. And as for the other guys, if you've also competed against them, then you kind of know what to expect from them as well. Um, so yeah, it's just trying to not let too much get into your head from what you see, what they're doing. Being fit, CrossFit, and then being competition fit is two different things in the sense of in that environment and being at your level, obviously competing as much as possible is, is very important. With the, the 18 months that, that we've had up till now with so little in, you know, um, live events leading up to, to FICT. Did you yeah. experience those butterflies again? Excitement, obviously, but but feeling, yes, we haven't done this in so long. Um, yeah, explain yeah. to us, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, and, and like I said, live events are very different. So having that long time off was, uh, it was a little bit tricky, but with the experience I've had over the years, I kind of knew what I was coming into and just trying to, try to reset my mind for competition and live events. So wasn't too tricky, but also coming in with injury, I had to try focus on other things to try and get myself through the weekend. You you kind of went all in with with fitness in Cape Town because you didn't uh, do the age online qualifiers. You were like, okay, it's it's yeah. this or, or nothing. Was obviously it was a deliberate decision, but what was the thinking behind that? Because being a master, you kind of have that backup. Okay, if I don't make it with the you know with the people under thirty five, I can still make it to the games. But this, you were like, Jason, yeah. I'm all in or nothing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's all in or nothing. Um, I think I'm still able to compete with the young guys. Um, so as long as I'm able, then I will. I don't think I'm ready for Masters yet. Um, or are they ready for me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I also wanted to kind of, with the injuries and stuff, I wanted to try and lay off competing too much before fit so if i was going to do the online qualifier and potentially injure myself worse i kind of held back on that to give myself the best chance for cape town mm. and and with the men in the yeah. field obviously with some of the men you've, you've competed quite um quite a bit um but now having more athletes um from up in africa uh looking at the field and and how the sport has grown specifically in south africa since uh back when you started are we catching up with america and europe it is a tough one um i also think the last year year and a half actually two years has kind of set us back a little bit because Mm -hmm. of the whole regionals change of structure with crossfit and they did the sanctionals it kind of put i think everyone a little bit back especially in africa because we were kind of getting there and then there weren't any platforms to now open regionals. I mean, regionals was the the next big stage, which everyone was trying to compete at. 
And we were getting there as some of the top athletes were getting to that point. But then that set us back. They changed everything. So it was, a, I think it actually set us back a little bit, which was unfortunate. But I think now with this new change, things will start changing and we'll start seeing maybe some new faces come up, up the ranks a little bit, um, hopefully with the, new, with the new structure. But what the new structure, there was a new structure and then there was another new structure. So what's the chances of another new structure? It's always changing. Up? Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, no. it's literally oh, no. always changing. Oh, no, the, the whole change with the sanctioned events and everything just threw everything out. I think it was a big mistake on their half or their side. But um, I think they're they veering more towards the regionals setup that we had, but they might just fine-tune it over the next year or two, which will be better for a lot of people. And then, yeah, and then from there, at least the South Africans or Africans can start, you know, pushing for those marks again, which... Uh, at the moment, we're a little bit a little bit behind, but I think we, we can catch up. I, I asked this to I've, I've asked this question to two different South African athletes that that's been to the games, but I want to address I want to ask you this question because you you've been around for so long and you've made it to the biggest stage and done pretty well. Just to if, if I have to downplay it now, but yeah. what do we have yeah. to do as South Africans? Let's not talk about Africa, South Africa, to have more Jason Smiths competing in and at the CrossFit Games to make up this lost ground. Because it's not that CrossFit hasn't been in South Africa for, you know, that short a period of time. Yes, it, we only started yeah. competing at an elite level a bit later. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a few years. What do we need to do? I think increase the level of competition. And by that, I mean the guys that are keen to compete at a games level or want to get to the games eventually need to start putting themselves out there and compete at international level or international competitions. That's kind of what I did. Then it actually changed my game in 2015, 2016. I decided to travel overseas and start competing against the Europeans. It's a lot easier for me, for us as South Africans to travel to Europe than it is to America. Mm. Yes, we all want to be in America and compete, but travel-wise, it just doesn't make sense and it's, it actually gets quite expensive. But Europe is a lot easier. We're pretty much in the same time zone. Um, so competitions, you can actually fly in on a Thursday, compete over the weekend and fly back on a Sunday, which is what I used to do. But to get to that level of competition is to actually, you want to compete against better guys than you not the same as you or less than you. So if you're winning comps in South Africa, put yourself out there, invest in yourself, which is exactly what I did, and start competing against the top names in Europe. Um, and that's honestly how you're going to get better. You don't, like I said, you compete, you get better by competing against guys better than you, not the same as you. With competitions being so scarce in South Africa, but internationally currently now, you you yeah. don't you don't actually know where you are in the field because elite athletes or people or athletes that that aim to to compete at the, at the biggest stage of them all they compete or they train as an individual in their box alone when there's no one there. Uh, yeah. If you look at uh, at the West Coast Classic that was um, over the weekend, if you look at the three females that that came first, second, and third, they all train together. They have like these, these training camps. What is your thoughts on yeah. that? Actually training next to people that 
are on your level. If you look at TR and um, Matt, that what they did for two years, yes, they they obviously male and female, but they push each other. Looking at that, what are your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. It d- does make a big difference. Um, you know, training by yourself is not always as easy. For some people, it is. They can. I mean, I've trained by myself for many years. Um, but it takes a certain individual to go into the gym and actually push themselves harder than they need to. Whereas if you are competing with other guys, they're there to push you mm. all the time in every workout. And some guys will be better than you, which actually helps you get better. So, yeah, just also up to the individual. But I do think it does help. Over the last, say, a year, year and a half, I've competed or trained more with guys in my gym um just to better their performance for them to get better and obviously for myself as well it helps me quite a bit as well so i think it does it does play a a good role and a big role do you have athletes south african athletes reach out to you uh as somebody that's experienced and that's been to that level asking for advice asking for training advice and and so on yes they have um and i have helped a a few guys we obviously are running that uh my smithfit program which I've, I've got a few guys on and doing that. So, and it's more like a competitive program. It's more like a, it's not like a normal CrossFit program. So it's more for the competitors. Um, and then, yeah, guys were coming through to my gym, training with me, training to, uh, together. And I did see when that did happen, they were, their level of competition did go up quite a bit. Um, so yeah, it, it does help. Obviously, I don't let out too many secrets, so I can't let everyone know everything. <laughs> but um, smart, yeah, smart. I do. I do help the guys. The guys that reach out, I definitely do help. You, yeah. I've mentioned other guys now. Your brother, he's also a competitive athlete. Is do you yes. let your little brother, you know, tag along? Do you share your secrets with him? <laughs> is is his goal eventually to make it to the games? I'm not sure. He's um, obviously he wants to do his, his best all the time as possible. Um, and I think the last year and a half has kind of kind of throw, thrown things off. He was going to compete. He actually did uh, qualify for fit, but mm. he got COVID quite badly, so mm. he was out for a couple of weeks. So he didn't think that he would be ready for fit, and um, so he didn't register. But I think at the moment he probably actually would have done very well if he had gone because he recovered very quickly and got his strength and fitness back quite quickly as well. But yeah, you know, with, with him training with me all the time, hopefully he can always also make up, you know, that, that space to the games. If I ever fall short or if I'm not there. (laughs) Jason, you said masters isn't quite ready for you or you aren't quite ready for, for masters. So what is the plan? Obviously you, you have your gym, you have your, your, your training program that you have the guys on. Is the plan just to keep on yeah. going till the age of whatever your body allows you? Or do you think there will yeah. come a time where you actually hang up your, I want to say nanos, but um, no bull is probably more accurate at the moment. Hang up your, <laughs> your yeah. no bull sneakers and decide, okay, cool. It's time to just, you know, settle down. Yeah, I think, I mean, making it this third time, I think if I can even get to the States, but um yeah, I think this, I want to give it a, a good shot this year and then we'll just see what happens next year. I mean, like I said, I want to compete as long as I'm competitive and up there with the guys. If I start falling off the bandwagon and I'm, you know, coming last, I mean, it's not that enjoyable for me. <laughs> then then I'll just, you know, kind of stop competing. Um, but I, I, I 
kind of still think that I have have it in me to compete with the top guys. So, like I said, as long as I'm able and my body holds up, I think I will keep keep competing. You mentioned something now that um, that's quite a big issue, but not just for South Africans, but but worldwide. If you can even make it to the games, not qualify, but actually get yourself there. What are the biggest challenges at the moment for yourself to get to the games? Challenges, as in, as in the, the other we, comps and stuff. No, 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 no. COVID and and money and traveling uh, wise. Oh uh, yes, yeah, I know. So uh, we're actually waiting for the states to let us know if we even allowed there because we're going into now our third wave. Mm. Um, they easing up restrictions that side. So I think this week they're going to release some more details for us athletes trying to get there. Um, I am hearing of guys going there next month as well from South Africa for other reasons. So I think we are able to go there. It's just whether there's a quarantine period, which I'm trying to find out about. Um, if there's a bubble we're allowed to go into that we can train at least as well. Um, I don't want to go there and sit, into a, sit in a hotel for seven days and not do anything because it won't be good for the competition as well um, or for me to compete. So we're just trying to wait and weigh up all those things to do. But it, um, it looks like we will get over there. Mm. With everything in mind, yeah. if, if you look worldwide and, and what's happened in, in 2020, but this year as well, I mean, there's so much debate whether even the Olympics should continue. They cancelled it last year. Dave Castro and HQ just decided, no, screw it, we're going ahead. Do you think it should have been, it, it would have been wiser, for, especially for this year, that they're trying to accommodate more athletes? Not, I mean, I, I, I did the math, and I think if you take all the individuals and all the teammates it, you, and the adaptive athletes as well, it's about 560 athletes. That's a shit ton of people to have yeah. together while you are fighting the sure. international pandemic. Where last year, they really yeah, kept it nice. small. It was smart. Okay, we, yeah. I was quite surprised when it started to go ahead. But in, in your humble opinion, we all have one. What, what do you think yeah. about continuing? I mean, I'm not just saying, let's just wait a year. I don't, I don't know. Like, I kind of thought prior to semifinals and everything all pretty much open that this year would be a write-off as well because, mm. you know, things were always going to get worse, especially from our side, you know, with third waves and stuff. But, you know, in the States, it seems as if everyone's been vaccinated and there's nothing much going on that side. Um, I think they've just kind of eased off on everything. I mean, I don't know their numbers. I don't know how they look in that side. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what I see on sport and TV and the golf that's going on, they're not wearing masks or anything. And I believe they're all vaccinated there anyway. So it seems like they, they think they got a shield around them. But, you know, for us international athletes going there, it's a different story. Also not being vaccinated or, um, you know, you're kind of exposing yourself to a lot of people. I mean, I didn't realize the numbers. Just now you're saying it. It's, um, it is a lot of people. And I don't know if they are considering that or what they're, their motive is or what their, their plan of action is with like trying to manage athletes as well. So that's going to be a bit of a battle, but we'll have to mm. see when we get there. And I mean, and, and there's, there's no, if, if you're looking at the, at the rate that we are getting vaccinated in South Africa, I think they, they said in the week, there's only been 2 million people of the 40 million that they mm. were hoping to get vaccinated by the end of the year. So for, for yeah. myself and for you being vaccinated anytime soon is, is, is not, it's not looking. It's not looking great. Promising, um, no, no. 
Jason, as as an athlete that that does this professionally full time, you have your businesses and things. It's 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 still an infant sport. There's so much space still to grow, even though the sport is growing at a rapid rate. If you're just looking at at, at the different um, companies that are investing time and money and and the the level yeah. of, of athletes that are coming from around the world, but there's so much yeah. things that, that still sh- fall short for international and professional athletes like yourself. If you look at golfers if you look at cricket players and so on for somebody like yourself that does this full-time what would you like to see for professional athletes in the sport support maybe a union more pay if you you know because if you don't win or place fairly high you don't get money so you struggle to compete that's why um dubai is, is is such a it's such a wonderful competition because it doesn't matter where you place you get compensated or yeah. you get some yeah. form of money to continue so yeah. from your exactly. side what would you like to see happen in the sport for full-time athletes i think the hardest not the hardest thing but for me i honestly think crossfit need to reduce their 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 money spending from an athlete's point of view because for us to register and enter competitions I mean, we're paying $250. I'm having to pay $250 now, which I had to last week for the games. We had to pay $250 for FICT. It was, I think, $50 for the quarterfinal. And then it was $10 for the Open. Mm. So, I mean, I think CrossFit is the only sport where athletes actually have to pay to compete. Mm. Whereas in other sports, athletes get paid to come and compete. And I think CrossFit, for them to grow even bigger they might need to relook at that i know crossfit is a money-making thing and they break huge amounts of money every year but for them to grow the sport properly i think it's probably the one thing they need to look at because as an athlete i'm fortunate enough i've got sponsors that can help me with that kind of thing but for the guys that are trying to make it and trying to get to comps and compete you know it's hard for them to to pay that kind of money and you're not going to get sort of any return unless you're coming in the top three Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a lot of money to fork out and then obviously we having to travel to the states now fit up your I mean fit your own bill for accommodation your own flights you know food you got to take care of so it, it does get expensive um, so CrossFit could reduce you know just an entrance fee for the top athletes I mean we are now the top athletes going to the games and we're still having to pay you know, I mean, I, I just find it a little bit ridiculous, a little bit cheeky on their side. Yeah, they want us to come there to compete and show off to the world what CrossFit's about, but we must pay to go there. It's just, and then we might not even get anything out of it. Yeah, and you, especially in 2019 when they had 175 athletes. Mm, yeah, and you got kicked out on day one. <laughs> Another mistake, <laughs> I think, from their side. But anyway, we can. <laughs> It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I must say, when I saw the uh, registration fee for the open, I mean, we used to paying this, this, this amount, you know, for the open, which I also think is ridiculous, but okay, it's and they reduced it also for Africa and South America. We didn't pay 20 dollars, I think we paid 15 or 10 dollars, as you mentioned. But then after that, I know of so many people that just didn't compete in the quarterfinals because of the registration fee. 
going from fifteen dollars yeah, exactly. to fifty dollars, and in dollars for Americans, that's not a lot of money. For a South African that earns in rands, that's a shit ton of money just for a leader. Yeah, for sure. So I qualified for the quarterfinals. 100%. I didn't compete because of that registration fee, and then um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so wanting to have the best and have the best compete against the best. They're going to have to make a change money-wise because there's people that are actually sure. pretty good and they could have placed fairly high at semifinals. But because of that expense, people just didn't compete. Yeah, exactly. So how is the yeah, sport exactly. going to grow? And not a lot of athletes have sponsors. I mean, obviously, you have to get to a certain level and compete and win and show that you, you, know, you have the abilities to have sponsors. But if you don't have... If you don't have money to if get you don't have there, the funds after, then you'll never no. get there. Yeah. And because yeah, we are exactly. we, we so I don't want to use the word isolated, but being in South Africa, you're so far and so far removed from the States that it makes it even harder for us to catch up. Yeah. 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 With so many online programming happening at the moment, your advice to athletes that want to compete at your level and looking for a competitive program, but not then having that personal coach. What is your suggestion? Stick it out with a coach now, work on your weaknesses and technique and then move over or just fork out the money, go on to proven Mayim, Matt Frazier's program, whatever. What is your advice? Yeah. In all honesty, um, I mean, I've never, I've never invested in a, in a program. I've never paid anyone for a program. But I did take little bits here and there. You know, initially, you don't need to pay someone to tell you what to do. You kind of, in the beginning, try and figure out what you need to work on. You're like, you're, like you say, your weaknesses. Things you need to maintain on. Maintain. And then, like your strength. Everyone knows in CrossFit, you get your weightlifting. So work on your weightlifting. Work on your gymnastics. Um, and that's day in and day out. Try to separate your program. Don't do all of it in one big long session because it does fatigue the body. So if you can break it up to mornings, then afternoons, that's probably the best. Um, and then try to figure out what you, everyone's different. So you can't have a certain program telling you what to do because they don't know what your weaknesses are. So if they're always programming long runs or rows, like you could be fantastic in the machines but terrible at everything else and they're not programming that you're going to fall short. Mm -hmm. So you kind of need to see for yourself, how is your training like what you need to work on and put those movements in for the week and just shuffle it all over the place. And that you, and then you kind of also have to feel how your body's feeling in training. Like if your shoulders are fatigued, but the program's telling you, no, you must do more muscle ups and push ups and handstand push ups. I mean, you're just going to end up injuring yourself. And that's why guys do get injured because they're just overworking certain body parts. And, you know, like I always shoulders a certain day, then it's legs, then it's back, then it's, you know, conditioning with machines. If you change up your program like that, you, you shouldn't really get injured. Um, it's just all about maintenance and making sure the body is not fatiguing in certain areas. Jason, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was lovely chatting to you. And um, all the best sure, you're up to, to your training um, towards the games. And yeah, we, we're hoping that we can see our South African athletes um, at the Thank games you very much. this year. 
Um, and yeah, all the best. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always a pleasure watching you um, perform and, you know, flying the South African flag high internationally. And yes, you will, and I, I, I think, can I think, do well. <laughs> I think the South Africans, um, we, we're getting there. If you just look at the performances that we had at FICT and um, if you just look at the open and the, yeah. the quarterfinals, we, we are getting there slowly but surely. Some big obstacles that For we sure. need to face, but yeah, we will eventually yeah. get there. Definitely. And thank you very much.